0: Hello, I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi! And this is Not the Beginning, the podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time newbie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Warning, this podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences, and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Dragon Reborn, please proceed with caution.
1: You are the only two in the tower I can be absolutely sure are not Black Aja. The Amarillyn's mouth still twisted around those words. Leandrin and her twelve went, but did all of them go, or did they leave some of their numbers behind like a stub in shallow water that you don't see till it puts a hole in your boat? It may be I'll not find that out until it's too late, but I will not let Leandrin and the others get away with what they did, not the theft, and especially not the murders. No one kills my people and walks away unscathed, and I'll not let thirteen trained Aes Sedai serve the shadow, I mean to find them and still them. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will be diving in and discussing chapters 11 through 17 of The Dragon Reborn. Note, I have not read past chapter 17, and Will is going to do his best not to bring anything from the rest of The Dragon Reborn or the next 11 books in during our discussion. So as long as you've read through chapter 17, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing here and going to read them.
0: Alrighty, chapter summary from Dragonmount time. Egwene and her friends arrive at the White Tower and are accused of being runaways. Varen instructs them to play along. Varen reports the dragons rebirth and presents the Horn of Valir to Amarlin's Swan Sanche. Swan Sanche informs Elaine and Egwene that they are to be raised accepted, and that they and Nynaeve will serve penance in the kitchens until further notice. Swan Sanche sets Egwene and Nynaeve hunting the Black Aja. Egwene and Nynaeve are nearly killed by a gray man. Sheriam, "I swears them to silence. Gawain and Galad attempt to discover where Elaine has been, but Nynaeve chases them off. Elaine informs Egwene that Gawain is besotted with her. Nynaeve recruits Elaine to hunt the Black Aja with them. Elida presses Elaine, Egwene, and Nynaeve about their excursion. Egwene claims they left to bring Matt for healing. Sheriam lectures Nynaeve on obedience. Okay, this section is, let's see what's happening in the White Tower section.
1: Yep, entirely White Tower, almost entirely Egwene.
0: Almost entirely Egwene, although a lot of different perspectives, too. There's some of Nynaeve, I think. No,
1: it's all... Is it? Yeah. I thought
0: there was Elaine or Swan or Varen.
1: Well, there's a, one chapter, of, but right. everything that's not Swan okay. is Egwene.
0: Clearly, I was not super invested in whose head I was in. That's fair. At this point, they're all kind of sick, except for 90 Anyway, we're in the White Tower. People are pissed. Yes. They are unhappy with the fact that a bunch of girls ran away and then came back. They're almost more angry that they came back than that they ran in the first place.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting that they think they're runaways. Especially, like, if Leandrin hadn't come back, I think they would have assumed something different.
0: I don't know. I feel like Leandrin not coming back is why they think they're runaways.
1: No, Leandrin did come back after dropping them off to get put into slavery and then uh, left with 12 other Aesodai. Yeah. That
0: yeah, that's true. If... Leandrin did come back without them and was like, hey, they're runaways. Yeah. So basically, Leandrin remains the worst, mm-hmm. although she has some runners up in this section in the form of Elida.
1: Who is... Is almost as much of a bitch as Leandrin.
0: Right. At least she's somewhat justified in it right now. Like She's not always justified. She's barely ever justified in it. But right now she has some justification because we learn that Morgays, Queen Morgays of Andor came to the White Tower and threw a fit at the Emerlyn.
1: <laughs> I was a little bit confused about that. So maybe we can touch on that first.
0: Sure. What were you confused by?
1: Why she threw a fit?
0: Because her daughter went missing. Her but, daughter. Like, heir to that- the... How is that the
1: Aes Sedai's fault that she ran away? Everyone thinks that she ran away.
0: Because they're the Aes Sedai. They're supposed to be better than that.
1: I just didn't... It didn't make any sense. I don't know if it... it? I don't know if it was just... I thought it made
0: perfect sense to me.
1: I don't know if it was just the way Egwene was interpreting it, but like it just... I don't know. There's something about this book that feels off and I can't place it. Okay. Like just everything feels slightly out of place
0: i think what's happening is that kind of a core theme of the wheel of time is happening where everybody's getting information distorted by time
1: maybe i don't i don't know i just everything feels slightly out of character like
0: this this book does have a shift in several characters happening at once which may be it and we're not in rand's head anymore either which might also be some of it. Because the way Rand interprets things may not be necessarily the way that other people interpret them.
1: I don't know. There, it. it I can't figure out what it is. But there's just, there's a vibe and I can't figure out what it is. Because <laughs> it just feels, it feels like Robert Jordan's writing is off book. Okay. Like it doesn't feel like the same as the previous two books. In the sense that like I... Every time there was a plot point introduced, it didn't feel like all of a sudden now there's a plot point. Now there's a plot, point. and in, that this, in the other two books, in the other two books, okay. this book is feeling very. This happened because it needed to happen, but not even in a Taviren way. Okay, and just a things. There's just like a distance.
0: Is this a first bit of the book? Syndrome? I don't know,
1: but I mean, we are thirty percent of the way through.
0: We are. So the Dragon Reborn is a weird book that it's kind of all set up for what we kind of know is going to happen at the beginning of the book, where we kind of know through dreams and whatnot that there's going to be a confrontation, a stone of some sort involving the sword. And so we're kind of seeing pieces arrange themselves around it.
1: Yes, I just like, yeah, it just didn't make any sense. It made a little bit more sense once we got Galad and Gawain talking about it.
0: I think that might have, that that probably did help a little bit because...
1: But at first it was just like, all of a sudden, Morghais is throwing a fit.
0: All of a sudden, well, I think it's definitely like, all of a sudden, Morghais threw a fit a month ago.
1: Yeah, and it just, it's very much like,
0: and because but why? The only people ever talking about it are Aes Sedai. And until we get to Elida, who's like royally pissed off huh, that Morghais threw a fit, all the Aes Sedai are like, oh no, a queen is angry at us.
1: Yeah, and I, maybe that's part of it. I just—I don't know—that that, that plot like, point. Shariam
0: doesn't give a fuck.
1: It, the plot point felt forced. It felt like it,
0: it okay. I—I'll disagree with you because I don't think it felt forced. I think it felt very natural for Morgays to go to go to the White Tower because her daughter and heir went missing from it. Because as far as she knew, the the White Tower was like we don't know where she is, and I said I came back. Leandrin came back and was like, I don't
1: know. She never left. But right. I don't, I just, it. I I can't explain why. And no amount of convincing is probably going to make it seem like it makes sense to me until very I have fair. more information.
0: Very, very like, fair. I,
1: in this hour of our podcast or whatever, <laughs> it will not make sense to me.
0: Very fair. I don't
1: know anything about Morgays, though. So that also could be. That's true. I, I don't even remember meeting her.
0: You remember meeting Elaine, though? <laughs> I
1: do. <laughs> like, I know I did because we met... Elida and we met Elaine. Right, but okay. I don't even remember if Morgaze talked because she made that little impact on my brain, and so Fair. everyone, it just, it just,
0: it just felt weird. This will be an interesting thing to see. I, we don't get, we don't really get that much about this specific event, but like, there's some some tangential stuff that I'll, I'll be interested to see.
1: And I just also like the forcing Galad and Gawain to try to come back, and like, I just, it seemed disproportional.
0: Yes. It did.
1: Uh, and I just, I don't understand why. You are like, not incorrect. It seemed like a toddler throwing a tantrum.
0: Yeah. well, But so, it actually,
1: it read like someone writing a TV episode about a toddler throwing <laughs> a tantrum who's never encountered a toddler. Sure. And so doesn't know why a toddler would throw a tantrum. So it just, just like, I guess I'm throwing a tantrum <laughs> now. Uh. One thing
0: I think is a little interesting to think about is... How much of this was kind of Elida? Because, like, we know that Elida does not like Swans. So I'm wondering how much of this is Elida kind of hoking the bear and trying to get more gays pissed off, even if in the short term it'll set her back. She's eyes to eyes. She's got schemes. She's not yes. a blue, but... Yes. And so like my, my logic here is that...
1: Elida's a red too. Right? Elida's
0: Okay. A, is the two in reference to Leandrin? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um. So I'm wondering if like if Elida is taking a short term hit to... Destabilize Swan by risking the, by making it look like the Ammerlin is risking the most stable kind of monarchy relationship the, the White Tower has.
1: That's possible. Or
0: maybe not the most stable, but the most intimate. Because I, I think I would argue that any of the borderland kingdoms have a more stable relationship with the Aes Sedai because they're the borderlands. Yeah. But I, I think that, you know, risking the relationship the White Tower has with the Andoran monarchy is, is maybe destabilizing for an Amaryllin.
1: And then there's the whole thing where Swan is determined to have Elaine as an Aes Sedai and Sedai. Yep. Also, just, I don't I don't know if why, but everything about this book feels sleigh loft.
0: Okay. I, I am kind of thinking it might have to do with where not in Rand's head.
1: It also could be. I do have the show now. True. So I don't know if like the way the actors portrayed the characters yeah. was just so well done that now I'm reading it and I can't match. I can't match them.
0: That's weird because I feel like the characters that we've interacted with the most in this book match up pretty well.
1: Swan- Felt a little off. We I just talked, we spent
0: like twenty minutes with Swan in the show.
1: I just got a good picture of her. I don't. I don't know. It just like.
0: But like, I think Egwene is definitely very Egweney.
1: Yeah, I. I can't explain. I. I don't know what it is. <laughs> All I know is that something feels hinky about this book. That's fair. And not plot-wise. It's not like a, oh, I suspect something's happening. It's not like a something hinky was happening with uh, Selene. Okay. I was like, there's something hinky happening here. No, there's just... I don't think I've ever
0: heard use that word so many times.
1: (laughs) I'm on it now.
0: I guess Um, so. So something's off about the book so far. Something
1: is off about the book.
0: We'll see if that holds up. It might. The Dragon Reborn is in a weird spot in this series. Whole.
1: I don't. It's. It might just be the writing style feels different.
0: I haven't ever picked up on that. I've picked up on the Dragon Reborn being weird because this is like kind of a transition book in between what the Wheel of Time was in Eye of the World and Great Hunt, and will be especially after next.
1: So it could be that transition that I'm picking up on. Yeah,
0: it's really like the the world. And the world building in the first two is really good and really wide, but this is really opening it up because for the first time. Time, don't know where everybody's going to end up because we think Rand and Perrin are probably going to end up at the Stone, but we have Min and Elaine and Egwene and Nynaeve who are all just kind of like on their own journey. And at no point did we ever think, at no point yet do we think that they're going to go back to the go to the Stone with everybody else. Whereas in Book Two, it's like okay, they're probably all going to end up at Falma.
1: Yeah, that's true. It it is interesting that. I don't think everyone's going to reunite at the end of this book.
0: Yeah. And Matt's with the girls. Yeah. We haven't heard from Matt because he's dying, but not for long. The next chapter, chapter 18, is entitled Healing.
1: Let's hope it's (laughs) accurate because uh, let me just say I'm over it.
0: I mean, we haven't, like, it hasn't been that big of of a thing yet. Like, it hasn't taken ages to get there because we just haven't been on that plot line for that long in this book?
1: Oh, I've been over it since last book. Okay. So if we encountered... Like, we remain, I, over I remain over it. I remain over it. Like, I'm just, I'm still over it. Okay. Like, it, that didn't stop.
0: Very fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Once I'm over something, I'm kind of... over it. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. I no longer have any shits to give about this plot line. Very... I would like it to resolve now, please. Very fair.
0: Let's focus in a little bit on the things that actually happened in this set. We meet on a much better level than we did in, in book two, Swan Sanchez. Not on a better level, on a different level. In The Great Hunt, when we met her, she was very much talking to somebody that she considers, maybe not an equal, but definitely a part of mine.
1: I don't remember the chapter you're talking about. I Honestly, my brain, when I first read the Swan section was, oh, we finally meet her. Right. I forgot that we met her in The Great Hunt. She's not around
0: for that much. She's like at the beginning where she talks to Rand and gets shot at, and then she like... Oh. Yeah. She like holds naive and like it flows of air.
1: Yeah, I forgot about all of yeah. that.
0: Both of that happens. But here <laughs> she's Emerlyn's seat laying down the law. What the fuck did you do, you children?
1: Yes, that did that felt the the laying into them part felt accurate. Yeah. The I think the part that just felt off to me, like, why is... I didn't expect it, is she revealed so much of her hand to these two girls. She did. And I don't understand why she did it.
0: I think we're seeing... I think it's two things. One, Egwene is Taviran. Um... (laughs) So I think it's three things. <laughs>
1: that might also be why everything Egwene feels off. Taviren. Like even in the Egwene sections. Because you don't actually have the logic of, oh, she's Taviren canon in the books. Yeah. To explain why things feel weird. Like everything that felt slightly weird around Perrin, I, mean, I get Taviren. it. He's coping with something weird and he's Taviren. Right.
0: Now, to be fair, Egwene's also coping with, not something weird, but she's coping with like intense slavery PTSD.
1: Yes, <laughs> she is she does have the coping with something that is taking up all of her brain space. However, she's not canon to Viren. No. So when things are when plot things are relayed to her that are weird.
0: It's like why is this why happening? Why is this
1: happening? That's fair. Like why is why did the gray man try to assassinate Egwene? Because I'm assuming that was his target. Oh, because see, that
0: one kind of makes sense. Because Leandrin knows, at least, that they have to think she's Black Aja. So she sent an assassin That's Like, it. they have information. And that, I think, is also why Swan trusts them with so much. Because there is, and we, we said it in the quote, there is no way these two girls are Black Aja or dark friends.
1: They wouldn't have come back.
0: They wouldn't have come back. They wouldn't have.
1: And she's all. She also later says that she's convinced that they... Elaine also is not black, Aja, but she's right. got to figure out the shit with her mom before she's willing to bring Elaine her scheme. Trust girls
0: with that with with heavy information.
1: Give out a get out of jail free card. Nynaeve immediately tells Elaine.
0: Yep, just instantly.
1: <laughs> Which felt very accurate, and I loved it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Swan sets him straight, but then is also like, I'm promoting you to accept it because one, you are, you know too much now to be a novice.
1: She also said that she almost, she was trying to find a way to get Nynaeve to be able to take the shawl.
0: Right. But- Her block is too much.
1: And she's like, I can't change the test for you.
0: Right. Like, they'd yeah. kick
1: me out, basically. Yeah.
0: I think what we're seeing here is we're seeing a very desperate Swan. Yeah. Swan realizes that her end game is approaching and that she doesn't have the pieces in place that she'd like to have in place.
1: Which is interesting. And I kind of like it the her the punishments felt very familiar because of what we saw on the show. Yeah. Where she's like
0: She's dramatic about it. she's
1: dramatic about it in front of everyone and then pulls you aside and is like, Okay, but here's what's actually happening. Right. Which is like, Oh, you know. <laughs> we've seen that before. Yeah. It felt familiar.
0: Yeah, because they make a kind of a big deal. Sherim, Varin, every every full eyes that I we talk to makes a big deal about how their punishments of being like whipped and then sent to the kitchens are
1: were publicly announced. Publicly
0: announced and how that's rarely ever done for anything ever short of stilling.
1: And not, and sometimes not even stilling is announced. Right. Like, I think, as someone says, that the only time they've ever heard a punishment announced is getting stilled. Right. So, interesting that they had it publicly announced before they even found out about it.
0: Right. So they're walking through the tower and everybody's giving up looks and they don't even know what's happening yet.
1: No, they don't. They're confused. They thought they'd be heroes because they uncovered someone in the Black Aja.
0: Turns out, Swan's keeping that a secret too. Yeah. Swan is Lady of Secrets, that's for sure. Risky place to be. Risky to trust some girls with it. She was a blue. She was a blue. And they're very secretive.
1: They are. And, um, you know, her and Maureen are lovers in the nighttime for a reason. Yes.
0: Yes. Because they prefer it that way.
1: (laughs) You know, I I was just going, they like each other for a reason because they're similar.
0: But also the secrets make it hotter for them.
1: That too. But let's be real. (laughs) I honestly still can't stop thinking about you last... Episode saying that Moraine giggled when catching fish because <laughs> she thought of Swan. I honestly—that's
0: what it was. I—you can't—you can't convince me otherwise. Now, don't even try.
1: I can't stop thinking about it, and it is. <laughs> weird.
0: Nor should you. Everybody should think should be thinking about Swarine and how they are excellent matches for each other all the time. Swarine,
1: unrelated. The show kind of sometimes feels like fan fiction because they're making things that weren't actually things oh, in the yeah. book true. <laughs> yeah,
0: there is a little bit of that. Sometimes in the best way, like the goddamn blood snow.
1: Like. but yeah it like fills in you can tell it was done by someone who loves the. (laughs) they wanted
0: to see some stuff loves the books and they were like i'm gonna write it myself (laughs) god damn it
1: power move really but yes Yes. so we get information about Leandrin. yep she left with 12 women stole some Angry all that she doesn't even know what they do and angry all and angry all
0: no Sawangryl.
1: Which equates like, oof. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we got a little bit of it. This is, I noticed this and it was a little weird where it felt like we got much more of an explanation than book three in a series warranted for what Angreal, Terangryl, and Sawangryl were. Except for maybe Terangryl because we haven't really dealt with them yet. Yeah.
1: Well, we have done Turrengrial. We haven't dealt with a sawing. No, we
0: did. We it, it, the no. It was in the books too when they're talking about the the giant orb hand. I
1: thought that was a turing No,
0: that's a sawing grail. Oh, okay. The Turrengrial is the gate arches gate. that uh, accepted or the potential accepted go through. Ooh, we're mm. gonna have to see. Yup.
1: <laughs> <want. laughs>
0: Something tells me, even from what we know,
1: at least that Egwene's
0: gonna have an easier type of it.
1: Been married to Lan and then have to away.
0: True. She might have. She might be married to. Land. That's, yeah, that's
1: fine. <laughs> I will not be heartbroken by Egwene walking away from anyone. No, no one should walk away from Lan.
0: No one should ever walk <laughs> away from no.
1: But so she left with twelve women and some Taurigrial, and, and we do get a nice little summary of what Taurigrial are. This book stuff. has been very good about just like providing a little bit of world building summaries, which has yeah. been nice. And then we find out that not only did she leave with twelve other full Sedai, they also killed three sisters, two warders, seven guards, and. Nine servants.
0: A very specific accounting of the murders they did. But, yeah, it
1: was a very specific I
0: mean account, that's but Swan, but Lady I, of Secrets.
1: I would have thought like I wasn't surprised when she's listed specifically the three sisters and the two warders.
0: They they broke into uh, like a objects of power storage.
1: But like she, w- I feel like the importance placed on Aes Sedai and warders, like it makes yeah. sense to specifically call them out. And then I would have, I was kind of expecting, and a bunch of other people.
0: Yeah, but not, not like, specific amounts not of guards and servants. specific amounts
1: of guards and servants. Okay. She's very particular. She, that's is. what we learned. She
0: keeps, she keeps her shit straight.
1: So. Yeah, Leandrin is the worst.
0: She remains the worst, although there is semi-stiff confidence.
1: Elida is sketchy.
0: Elida's just the worst. She's not the worst. She's not evil the worst. She's just a bitch the worst.
1: Yeah, she's... Lowercase w the worst. Yeah, Leandrin is capital W the worst. TM yes. trademarked. She has it.
0: She took people into slavery. It it doesn't get much worse than that. It doesn't. But yeah. So you know. Some black Aja left and stole some stuff and did did some murders. We get a scene uh, that uh, I think you enjoyed quite a bit with Elaine and Egwene and Nynaeve and also Galad and Gawain.
1: I just enjoyed that entire scene in Nynaeve's bedroom because we get... An Egwene and Galad moment yep. where she remembers how beautiful he is. We get Nynaeve acting like a straight-up mom and counting <laughs> to three to get them to get out of the room. Which Literally was... counting to three. <laughs> she did. And
0: doing the, like, long three.
1: <laughs> Until they left. And it was just fantastic, especially because Galad is just, like, trying to spend more time with <laughs> yeah. Egwene as Nynaeve is counting to get them out. And then we get Elaine going, you know, if you're going to date... One of my brothers, and I guess Galad's my brother. You should date Gawain. He's besotted with you.
0: <laughs> Gawain is, and you can even tell when they're all in the room together that both Galad and Gawain are about Egwene. Actually, Gaw- not Gawain. Galad is kind of about Egwene, but in the in the like very like stand up chivalrous courting way. Yeah. And Gawain straight up has a crush.
1: I am with Elaine on this one. I think she should go for <laughs> Gawain. <laughs> That's fair. He seems like he'd be a whole lot more fun. He,
0: yeah, that's very true. He
1: like Galad would when he takes you out on a date, he'd take you out to a very nice restaurant. You would take a walk through the park on the way home. And then he would give you a very chaste kiss on the cheek, good night. And then he would call you the next day. Go and you never know what you're gonna get. He's probably gonna take you out. <laughs> He's going to take you to a club or he might take you out to a very nice restaurant. But like, you don't know. And that seems more fun.
0: Very fair. Something else we get here is we get a little bit of like brotherly backstory between Galad and Galad via Elaine. Yeah. Where Elaine basically tells Egwene that you're going to, if you want to go after Gawain,
1: you're going to have to, you're going to
0: have to, because he's never going to get in the way of Galad wanting anything.
1: Because he is a precious being. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. This is book three in this series.
1: I am on the Gawain train right now because... <laughs> okay. Galant saved his life, and so he doesn't yeah. want to stand in the way, and that's just cute. He has a crush, and he, he wants to be a good brother, and...
0: He does, and he's, like, he's he's navigating that line very well, where he's, like, really eager to help Egwene, but, like, he doesn't... He's not getting in the way.
1: Yeah. It's really cute, and I really
0: enjoy it. He's just an eager, fresh-faced little boy.
1: Precious bean.
0: (laughs) Precious little bean. (laughs) Elaine also tells Egwene that she should take the green so that she can marry Gawain.
1: And still have other warders. (laughs) 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 Which is also fantastic.
0: I guess that's what Elaine's about.
1: Yeah, so that just that entire scene was just amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the entire time, we have different uh, lesser magic, but just as much mom, naive. Just, like, staying in the, in counting the corner. Counting
1: to the... <laughs> counting to three.
0: And, like, physically bullying them out of the room. Which, fair, it's her room, and they, they just walk in.
1: No! They were there when she walked right, in. Right,
0: I'm, that's what I'm saying. Egwene and Nynaeve walk in and then the three fucking Damadrids are there. Or the two Trakans and one Damadrid are just there being like, Hey, this isn't your room, is it? <laughs> it it's it's so clear that they're fucking royalty here.
1: It really is, because they're just like chilling in Nynaeve's room and she's not even there. And like... I feel like Nynaeve would have forgiven Elaine.
0: Probably. Maybe.
1: But I think her mom instincts would have kicked in because clearly Elaine is upset. And so she would have been like, okay, you're upset and you wanted to wait for me. That's fine. But like, why are these two boys in my room? And now everyone's in my room and now I can't handle any of it. Well,
0: and then there is the other thing that we've entirely skipped over, which is why they're kind of... all they they Nynaeve and Egwene enter in kind of a mood to begin with. And that's because immediately before this, they were almost killed. (laughs) They're like standing there talking in front of Egwene's door. And then they're like, what's that? Oh, it's a crossbow bolt in the door. Where did that get there? And then there's a gray man.
1: And then they hit the deck and then Egwene's like, oh, my ear is bloody. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. And then they go and they they like hunt down the gray man. And we learn what a gray man is. We'll get to that.
1: Nynaeve holds him with air, which is a trick she saw happen once. Once. To her and was able to recreate.
0: Yep. Apparently that's a thing with naive where like she really only has to see
1: something th- once. Yeah. Which and makes sense. She's able to do it if, as Egwene says, if she's able to channel at all, which was just some <laughs> some quality shade. Yup. But yeah, she holds him with air.
0: And they walk up and they find him with a knife in his chest.
1: Yep. And the crossbow is gone.
0: Yeah. So there was somebody else there. Yep. It is. And then him Walks up. Yeah, and and it's like it's like, why are you two in front of a dead body? What did you do this time? Like instantly, Sheryam shows up, and it's their fault. Like that's got some like fucking like high school teacher vibes. If I've ever it is very
1: McGonagall. Why is it always three? Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and we learn what a gray man is. Gray men and women, although there are fewer of them, are people who have given up their souls to the Dark One.
1: They are also called the soulless, which were mentioned like four chapters ago. Yeah,
0: Uh, we go less time in between hearing something and having it explained here. That's helpful. Uh, but they are very hard to see.
1: Yes. They,
0: they are so ordinary that they blend into the background. Which
1: sometimes sounds like a really handy trick to do that.
0: Except they have no souls. Yeah. Yep.
1: I also wouldn't want it to be all. But sometimes you just yeah. don't want to be perceived.
0: Yeah. Be a gray man. Side note, I did a D&D character with this ability. Yeah. I, I didn't Which... play one. I, I ran one in, the, in our game. But like woman thief.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, but hers was a cloak that made her like that.
0: Yeah, because I couldn't give it. I couldn't give a random NPC that ability all the time. Although, if you recall, it almost got permanented. Did, which would have been bad. She
1: was having a bad time. She was having
0: a bad time. It's not a great power to have all the time. Then you also cut off her arm. My wife is an awful person (laughs) in D and D.
1: That's not actually true. I didn't cut off her arm. First of all, (laughs) no. I was standing back.
0: You were just watching. (laughs) Somebody else did.
1: No one troll Cato.
0: No one control (laughs) Cato is another character, another mm. player in our game. Yeah. He cut off an arm. For fun.
1: This is not a D&D anyway, podcast. Not
0: a D&D podcast. Gray man. Shiryam's like, who did this? Never talk about it.
1: And then she covers the body with an air dome, which is cool. He's probably packing that away for later. Yep. And what do they do?
0: Goes straight they go straight <laughs> to Elaine and tell her about it. But not until bullying Goblin and Galat out of the room.
1: I just love that in quick succession, they were told by Swan never speak of this. Then told by Shiryam, never, never speak, speak of, of this. 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 And then Ninety opens her mouth.
0: I I know. Get her together now. Like, I feel like I feel like Nynaeve should know better. Like I would understand it if it were Egwene, because Egwene's like young and eager and Nynaeve's not that not oh, no. you know. I think Nynaeve young.
1: does know better and doesn't give a shit. Because
0: it's I said I said I I said I can't tell her what to do.
1: No. Nah. This is why Lan loves her. <laughs>
0: I guess it is. And at least God forbid if Moraine tells her not to do anything. She's just going to do the exact opposite as intensely as she can possibly do. If Moraine told Nynaeve not to say anything about a gray man, she would be screaming at the top (laughs) of her lungs, waking everybody in the tower up, being like, it's a gray man, it's a gray man.
1: Yeah, she would. Speaking of Nynaeve and Lan, as they're... Before their summit to the amor they were, like, walking. They are being escorted. And Egwene catches Nynaeve looking at another warder. And she's just like, oh, my God. She has to do something about Lan. <laughs> Which was so funny.
0: Ooh, that actually reminded me of something else. Galad promises... Elaine, not Elaine, Egwene, that if she ever needs him, she just has to say it and he'll be there. And 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 then I need like, why are men always promising that? They're never, why are men always promising that you can call them and they'll come to you when, when you need them, it's right then. (laughs) (laughs) She needs to get it together a little bit. (laughs) She kind of I understand why she doesn't have it together, (laughs) but she needs to just, just tighten it up. Just. Tighten She's it up.
1: Still just so mad at Lan for being like
0: For being a, a warder.
1: <laughs> for <laughs> giving her a piece of jewelry <laughs> and then <laughs> calling her a lioness and giving her a lot of sweet words and, and then. And then not dipping. showing up for
0: the rest of the book.
1: <laughs> he doesn't show up for the
0: rest of the book. He just He did that to us. <laughs> he did-
1: to us too. I can't be mad at
0: It's Lan. Who it's could Lane. be mad at It's Lan. He
1: has blue eyes, like frozen mountain lakes. How can I be mad at that? We did
0: discover that there is a candle by the way. There is and, and it, it, is it is blue. blue. <laughs> we need to get it.
1: I do have a birthday. You do. I did send you a handy Dean handy link to it too. Yeah,
0: I'll have to find that. Yeah. If we, I
1: get it for my birthday, I will report back on how it smells.
0: Yes. We uh after the Gawain and Galad bully as as I'll put it. Uh pretty much the second after that the door closes, Elida just like barges right in.
1: Oh no, they are able to talk for a little bit and then Elida. But comes it's in.
0: soon enough to where they assume it's Gawain and Galad again. Like they were not gone for very long and Elida was like, Hi, I'm a bitch. <laughs> Because she goes and she just, like, chews out Elaine, completely ignores Egwene and Nynaeve and, until she's like, oh, wait a second, you're from the two rivers. Tell me about Rand, why don't you? She's and, still really on the Rand train.
1: And she offers them some help and in exchange for them telling her where they went. Yep. And Egwene tries to lie and say that they were trying to bring Matt for healing. And... No one believes that. No
0: one really believes it. It's not that far from... I feel like it's a good eyes. Sadai truth that Egwene does there, like it's not that far from the truth. They they once they were there. They did do that.
1: And the reason they left was to go help Rand. Right. And Egwene, I feel like I remember her saying, Matt is with Rand. I can also check on Matt. So it's not a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice, it's nice died died truth. truth.
0: Yeah, it's not quite wrong.
1: It, the wording could have been a little bit better of like, we went to help a friend and yeah. bring Matt back
0: I for healing. I wonder if... Because
1: then that is completely true. They went to help a friend.
0: And they were... And they brought Rand? Matt back yeah. for healing. I, I kind of wonder if the way she phrased it, if she would be able to. We haven't learned too much about it in the books but in the show we know that the oaths are magically binding.
1: They do remember they do mention the oath rod and that it's a angry all. Yeah. And so it's basically implied that there's some sort of magic going on.
0: Right. And so Aes Sedai, it's enforced that they cannot lie.
1: I also, speaking of the Three Oaths, I found it interesting because I know more about them to show. When they talk about the Three Oaths, Varin is very, like, you can't use the one power as a weapon ever, but it's, you can't use the one power as a weapon unless it is in defense of your life, your warder's life, or the life of another sister
0: uh and also accept exa- you can't use
1: or against a Dark, dark friend, friend or, shadow spawn. or shadow spawn. But, so, it, like even though Nynaeve, like, if a lot of the things that they're going to do, to do the Black Hunt, the Black Aja, like, if they're about to be killed, they can use the power. Especially if it's in protection of each other. Right. That doesn't break the three oaths. Nope. It's in protection of your life, the life of another sister. Yeah. I also always found interesting that the oaths don't talk about just in protection of anyone's life.
0: Yeah, and I think that, so, I, I think that that's because they want to be, the three oaths are very severe it says you straight up can't lie you can't use it as a weapon and you can't create weapons with it and all of those are very strict and very set and they've figured out a way around the lying the weapons is harder to do so for instance like i would i would be very curious if what Egwene did with the white cloaks at the end of the last section would have actually violated
1: they didn't she thought that they were about to get Attacked. Not
0: necessarily that, but she also... Also, she didn't
1: actually throw it at them.
0: She didn't do it intending to use it as a weapon. She intended to scare them. Yes. So I don't know if that counts uh, if that's weaponly enough.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if that's just me thinking because we've the most or the Aes Sedai that we've spent the most time with Moraine. Very loose with. She likes to put her boundaries.
0: She's very good at it too. And she's very
1: good at it. Varen doesn't seem to want to push boundaries. No. Like she immediately explains to Rand we bent meant the truth. Right. So she seems to be very like to the letter of the O's. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because she's a brown or if that's just Varin. It could
0: just be because it's Varen. Clearly everybody has different interpretations of it.
1: And we haven't met another brown. We have not. We haven't met another blue either. Yeah, we
0: have. We haven't spent a lot of time with others, but uh, Liana's a blue, Sherium's a blue, Anaya's a blue, Swan was a blue. There are a lot of blues.
1: Okay. <laughs> blue everywhere. Blue everywhere.
0: Um, but yeah, so I'd be really interested in seeing what, uh, you know, if if what Egwene did actually violated the surface, that was just Varen being like, never do this again. And then the other thing I'm, uh, one one thing to note rather. About the Three Oaths is Aes Sedai can still tell falsehoods. If not
1: they believe that they are true.
0: Yeah. They, they're not, like, cosmically bound to only tell the truth regardless of what they believe.
1: Like, if an Aes Sedai was colorblind and says that the sky is brown because right. that's what sh- she sees. Right. Like,
0: if she said that somebody had a nice green dress on and it was some sort of, like, brown dress, then it could be just that she's colorblind. Yeah. Rare in women, but possible.
1: I did know girl.
0: Okay. It's possible. Yeah. So she wouldn't be lying about the color of somebody's dress. She would just be telling it as she she thinks it is. Yeah. They're not bound to tell the truth as it actually is. They're bound to tell the truth as they believe.
1: Which is why some of the things Moraine has said, as we've since learned that they are wrong, like all, like all these prophets. Right. If it was... That they had to tell the absolute truth. Some of these prophecies wouldn't have gotten passed down at all because they wouldn't be able to say them out loud. Right, but they believe them to be true, so they. That is
0: that is kind of an interesting concept of like you know you have people who don't give who can't, who, who can give prophecies and people who can only tell the truth kind of like weeding out false prophecy. That's an interesting concept. That is an interesting... Not one in this book, but it's an interesting concept. So, Elide is the worst. <laughs> we went on a long tangent about the three odes. Elide is the worst. She grills them about where they went, and she kind of excoriates Elaine about, why did you go? Your mother was furious. She left me here. This is the first time a queen of Andor has been without her Aes Sedai advisor in, you know, a long time. Yeah. You're Risking, you know, you're risking Andor's relationship with the White Tower. Is this where it felt the least real to you?
1: No, I think it was just the stuff with...
0: Okay. I think... This
1: just... That just enforced it. That wasn't where it started.
0: Okay. I'm wondering if some of that is because Swan is just on a whole different level than Egwene and the girls. Yeah. Because, like, you have, like, literal, actual novices. They're they're called novices. And on the other end, you have somebody who's like queen of queens. And just like the power differential there is so huge that whatever Swan says comes out as not real. Because probably to Egwene, it's kind of not real. It's so far out of what she would believe that it would be surreal.
1: It's not that I think it's not real. I'm just saying it feels a little off.
0: off. Yeah.
1: Like looking... At something through a fisheye lens.
0: Okay. I'm kind of wondering like that might be intentional because that might be how Egwene is seeing it. It's Although been it's the whole happening book. with other stuff. It's, yeah. ep-
1: it's been the whole book. Everything uh, that,
0: that might just be this book because we the perspectives we're getting are Perrin, who, yeah, everything's a little weird to Perrin because he has like extra strong senses. Rand, who's going a little nuts.
1: The chapter in Swan's POV was the most lucid. And
0: that's I think because she's having the most lucid time. But
1: it's just, yeah, everything feels slightly off and not in a way that it seems like it's supposed to be off. Okay. Because sure. there have been moments where I've been reading something and it's like this feels... Like all the stuff with Ingtar in the last book uh-huh. where he was suspicious and I he was, was right. Suspicious. He because was
0: acting he, in a suspicious manner.
1: And it was very subtle, but it was... Things that you're supposed to pick up on that felt a lot, yeah, because it confirmed something later.
0: Or the stuff with Celine,
1: and the stuff, yeah, and the stuff with Celine. But those felt like it was hinky. It was hinky. (laughs) It just felt like we were supposed to think that it was off. But I don't know that because all of it feels off. I don't know if it's purposeful or not.
0: Okay, I have to keep an eye out for that because that's not something. The other stuff that you've said in the past, I've definitely understood. This I don't quite understand as much. We'll see how it evolves through the red book. It could just be me.
1: I it have, could be. I have been reading slightly more fantasy lately.
0: It's true. And this is...
1: And this is very different fantasy than the fantasy that I've been reading.
0: And it's also... Uh, well, Writing
1: style-wise.
0: Yeah. Robert Jordan has a pretty unique style, I think. Lots of commas. Lots of description. So many, so many commas. commas.
1: Every time I go to read one of the quotes, I have to like just ignore commas. It kind of
0: makes me wonder if he narrated it. No, he had a type...
1: But like, there are commas there that don't make sense for the sentence. There definitely
0: are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, so I think some of the fantasy reading came after. Oh, um, all, all of it,
1: it. All of it's been written within the past 10 years. So I'm kind I'm, of I'm wondering. I'm starting to read Akatar. Okay. I read the, I'm reading the Plated Prisoner series right now, which is very modern. So like.
0: I'm kind of wondering if any of the it was not the influenced by the wheel. Fantasy has a lot more different like touch points. Are you, you're talking about, you're, you're thinking about the, the dashes Akatar, right?
1: Oh, a little bit. There's so many M dashes. But also just like I don't think that a bunch of fantasy romance about face has any <laughs> has had That's any fair. Influence I have not, by
0: I have not read Jordan. the things that you're talking about.
1: Not that I am judging the fairy porn, but <laughs> 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 because I'm reading it. Well because but...
0: it's it's really interesting because a lot of I, I, a lot of fantasy that's come after, let's uh, say Dragon Re- that's come after The Wheel of Time has also been influenced by The Wheel of Time. Kind of like The Wheel of Time is very, very heavily influenced by Tolkien. Yes. Like, the first book is Lord of the Rings, but not. Yeah. I love it. The world building is fantastic. It's very Lord of the Ringsy. So some of what you see, and this is a little different now because the last Wheel of Time book came out, I don't know, a decade or so ago. I don't remember the actual, I think it, I think it was 2012. So actually a decade ago and so we're we're getting a little bit past where fantasy would have been heavily influenced by it but like you can see some wheel of time influences on fantasy that came out after
1: yeah i think just a lot of the fantasy that i have reading has not been to the epic scale of the wheel of time
0: very very fair
1: on purpose, because I don't think my brain yeah, can keep
0: the Wheel of time as, two
1: epic fantasies straight.
0: As much as I love The Wheel of Time, it's not quite as foundational to the genre, because the genre has existed for a long time. It's not quite as foundational to the genre as, like, doom
1: Is to science fiction. Even to
0: fantasy. It's, it's not, fiction. but it, it influences a lot of fantasy. You have yet to meet the Aiel, for real, but mm-hmm. the Aiel are basically the Fremen. <laughs> like, you'll read the Aiel bits, mm-hmm. and now that you've seen the movie and you've experienced a little bit of the Fremen, and you will have seen the second movie. I think by the time we get to oh no, because book four, big Aiel book. Anyway, you'll you'll think at some point watching the second Dune movie when it comes out hmm these are a lot like the Aiel and you'll be right
1: okay I was gonna say th- th- that if you think that I'm going to read the Wheel of Time and go huh these feel like the Fremen then you overestimate my <laughs> remembrance of anything that happened in Dune besides Oscar Isaac the Fremen shirtless and <laughs>
0: <laughs> Timothy the f- Chalamet the Fremen are Zendaya's people in Dune
1: yes I know who they are okay. but <laughs> I think you're overestimating my ability to think about anything in in the Dune movie except the eyebrows in the first 1984 version <laughs> Sting, Sting. Timothy Chalamet and Oscar Isaac
0: That's very fair. One thing that Dune did this is not a Dune podcast <laughs> but it I could do a Dune podcast. Uh one thing that Dune really influenced like uh, Tremors, the worms everywhere. Fucking sandworms everywhere. Worms they're in the worms in the in the waste. Were there yeah, and
1: there were because I did that. I and the worms. worms. <laughs> I do remember worms because I think I, I probably did actually say something. No, about, if you
0: if you know where to look for Dune references, you'll see them everywhere. Yeah, just absolutely everywhere.
1: I don't know what it is about this book that feels slightly off. It just it just does. Yeah, that's fair. It's I am honest with everyone about my opinions. Uh, yeah. in this uh, podcast so far, so so
0: so is it often a good way or a bad way or just a way? Oh,
1: no, I just. I think it's a bad way because I don't know why.
0: (laughs) It's new. I don't like it.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It's new. I don't like it. That's fair. I don't know. Like there are bits of it that I'm annoying, but like I'm just kind of like, huh, about everything that's happening. Okay. Maybe it is the complete and utter lack of Rand. I think it is. And I hate (laughs) movies. Maybe I'm just missing hating.
0: Maybe you're just missing the familiar hatred of Randell.
1: I don't hate Rand, and I don't hate his POV. You just I, need less of it. I just need less of it. But
0: now you need more of it, apparently. <laughs> Make up your goddamn mind.
1: I, when I said I needed less, I didn't
0: think... None. None. Oh, you want less of it? I'm going to take it all away from you.
1: I also didn't think, oh, you want less Rand POV? We're just going to have him yeet himself off <laughs> into the distance. <laughs>
0: Yep, he's gonna he's gonna earthquake. He's gonna do little mini volcano man, and then he's gonna run away.
1: <laughs> and he's just gonna listen to a whole bunch of Death Cab for Cutie on his way. Yep, because <laughs> he's having sad boy hours. He's
0: having real sad boy hours. Alrighty, let's do some recurring segments because we went on a long dune tangent.
1: <laughs> we did, and a tangent about Faye. Yep. And a whole bunch of other things. This is
0: not a random podcast. This is a Wheel of Time podcast, <laughs> and we're going to do some Wheel of Time recurring segments. Aura updates.
1: I don't think None. there were any. No, I didn't notice anything.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, like, maybe White Flame. They that talked to Swan. I don't know what, just, what that. not is. really. Yeah. That
1: one, that hasn't jumped out at me as, I can cross this off my <laughs> oh, list. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, like... I, I do actually have a list of all the auras, and oh. I do cross them off when I'm like, there is absolutely no other thing that this could be referring to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nothing really. Ship updates. Gawain. Are you officially on a gawain Egwene ship, or is that just a fun side I,
1: thing? I am team Gawain.
0: Team Gawain. Okay. That's not quite a ship. It's just a team.
1: Yeah, it's just a team. Okay.
0: It's a little dingy. <laughs>
1: He's actually rowing. Doing a right little now. rowing motion.
0: A dinghy. <laughs> Colin's out there paddling. Paddling towards the Egwene boat.
1: <laughs> stop rowing.
0: <laughs> so there's a Colin dinghy. That's what I'm getting from this. Favorite moment.
1: Say your favorite moment so <laughs> I can stop laughing.
0: Um I think my favorite moment is Maybe naive bullying them out. Maybe that was good. maybe Gawain kind of like puppy dog pining over Egwene.
1: Yeah,
0: hard to pick out like like there's not like a whole bunch of like standout stuff in this section. It's just kind of it's just meaty character stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I, my favorite moment is Elaine talking to Egwene about Gawain.
0: Yeah, I figured it would be, trying to get her I haven't decided if it's a full
1: ship yet. Okay. So yeah, I get dingy. <laughs> yeah. Now that I have calmed myself down.
0: Not a full ship, just a dinghy. Just a, just a little tugboat.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, it, it's not on the level of Soaree and no. Lan Eve.
0: <laughs> no. Who are will like ever, ride or, or die. Anything ever? Probably not.
1: No one's going to rival.
0: Lan Eve I, th- I feel like for you, takes the spot of some other actual romance. Ships. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of me being right.
1: I did actually just write an article about my top ten favorite book boyfriends and girlfriends. It and is Landman Dragor in? He it it? has to be. I could Excellent. not, in good faith, write no. a list of my favorite book significant others and not include mm-hmm. a Landman Dragon.
0: Nope. Very fair. Alrighty. This was chapters eleven through seventeen. Next week, Matt Gets Healed. Yes. Chapters. He does. Eighteen through three. See what happens.
1: Hopefully, Matt actually.
0: Hopefully. Bye. Bye.